Good morning and welcome to this finally cooler morning on Sunday the 10th of February. My name's Amanda and it's a pleasure to be with you on the airwaves. You're listening to 3CR's Refugee Radio. It's 10am and I'll be with you for the next half hour. This morning on the show, we'll be joined by Lou Toner, president of Pasco Vale FC, who, like many footballers, has most recently found himself smack bang in the middle of the campaign to bring home refugee footballer Hakeem Al-Arabi. Hakeem is currently being held in a Bangkok prison in a cell with 50 others, awaiting the preparation of his case after an Interpol red notice was incorrectly issued for his extradition to Bahrain, the same country that he fled from as a refugee. We're thankful to have Lou on the show with us this morning. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Lou, and thank you for joining us. Um, I wanted to start by giving our listeners a bit of background on the campaign and on Hakeem's relationship with Pasco Vale FC. Uh, Hakeem's teammates and indeed many other footballers, both in Australia and around the world, have really been thrown into this. And I have to say it's been nothing short of inspiring how the football community has risen to this challenge. Um, So I guess my, my first question for you is how how long have you known Hakeem and how long has he been playing for Pasco Vale FC? We've known about Hakeem for a while, but uh, last year, um, I think it was two years ago, he'd become a, a permanent resident. And with our rules and regulations, you're only allowed to have two overseas players, we call them visa players, mm-hmm. so to speak. And we've normally used them for, for attackers. However, Hakeem has become a permanent resident, which falls under the a non-visa player rule. So... Uh, we'd signed him at the time, last year, and he's just a great, um, very respectful, um, quiet type of person off the park. When he comes on the park, he's just a, he's like a lion of a defender. He's a very good defender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I, I've definitely heard that from, from a number of people who've both played with him and against him and, and watched him play. And I'm a, I'm a football fan myself, so I can, oh, I can de- definitely appreciate that quality in a player and as a person. Um, yeah. So as some commentators have pointed out, so the problems for H- Hakeem being targeted, I guess, most recently this time round, really only seemed to have come about after he'd been in Australia for some time and had spoken out ag- against the Bahraini monarchy. This was about mm. um, 2016. And so mm. the case of this one man, Hakeem, this one footballer, has really thrown a spotlight on the corruption and the money-based politics of the international football world. Um, obviously, with the, the AFC, the, the Asian Football Confederation, being up front and centre of this, did you maybe mm. want to give our listeners a bit of background about um, the, the role of the Sheikh in the AFC at the moment? Well, his role at the moment is pretty quiet. We haven't heard anything mm. from him. Um, as a president of the AFC, he should be out coming out supporting the player. Um, I think the president of FIFA should be coming out and supporting the player. We've had the general secretary, Fatma Samoro, who's, who's elevated this um, to, to with the Thai, Thai government, and, and um, she's trying her best to get it back. But I think FIFA really needs to step up. And I know Craig's been been harping on that and he's rightly so because this is a I mean oh, this this sort of thing is keeping me up at night at the moment not many things keep yeah. me up but these things keep me up at the moment I was just thinking to myself what if we had decided to do a, a, a tour of um, Thailand you know and he was he was on our team team bus or on our team flight and um, 
it got pulled over. You know, this could happen to anyone. We just, I think we just don't understand what we're dealing with here. You know, this could have happened to anyone. So it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite scary to 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 know that this can happen. It's quite scary to know that the football governing body has taken seventy to eighty days to really put some massive pressure on on t- the Thai and the Bahraini governments. I mean, they've got they, they hold the key here, in my opinion. They hold the key here to, to release Hakim uh, immediately. You know, otherwise, you know, as Brendan Schwab has said many times, Bahrain, we can lose two ways here. One, by them extraditing Hakim back to Bahrain, which will be an absolute travesty. Yeah. And a lot of people have a lot of blood on their hands. Yeah. And two, um, keeping him in jail through this long, you know, court process, you know. And um, so we want to avoid that. And the only way we can, the, what we believe can, um, can repair that or fix that pretty quickly is that, you know, the Johnny Infantino mm. makes some makes some big calls and big decisions and um, gets the ball rolling because it's a pretty simple case. I mean, he's a he's a refugee protected under the refugee, you know, the laws of the refugee international law. Um, he's, he's got a protection visa here in Australia. He was he, he sought assurances before he left. He received assurances before he left. He's been here for four years. No one no one uh, from Bahrain has asked for him to be extradited. You know, it's obviously someone's been keeping an eye on him. Yeah. And um, it's, it's quite frightening, actually, when you start thinking about it. And um, and it could be solved very, very quickly. I mean, the Thai government does have the powers just to, the Thai Prime Minister, to say, no, let him go back. We're not happy with what we're seeing here. But they just refuse to do that. And they're, they're um, trying to tell us that, you know, we need to be calm. But we're, we're a bit concerned that if we are calm, um, Hakim will be on a plane back to Bahrain. Yeah, it's, look, absolutely, I agree. And I think that the only thing that's actually kept him there so long is the pressure of this international campaign. We we need to be noisy rather than calm. So yeah. um, I agree, I, I agree. Craig, yeah. I mean, Craig Foster, we had a, we had a season launch um, on Friday. Um, and like I said, we've still got Hakim. Hakim's jumper was auctioned off, like we do. Yeah. And uh, someone had bought it. So uh, Hakim's still a valued member of our team. And we, we'll leave that position open for him until he comes back. Absolutely. But, yeah. In, in saying that, <clears throat> Craig did mention, you know, that uh, a lot of people have sort of criticised our campaign, you know, him included, of being a bit too loud and, you know, the Asian culture and, and they've got to be respectful and what have you. But we have it under good authority that if we didn't do that, you know, 72 hours from when he landed, he might have been gone. Yeah, look, and I mean, just just on that, one of the things that has been really quite moving for me watching this campaign unfold is that it hasn't just been Australian players or sort of international players that have stood in solidarity with Hakeem. There are a lot of Thai people, Thai soccer players, Thai soccer fans, Thai soccer clubs who've done some solidarity actions. Um, So, you know, there have been banners coming out on the field, president of um, particularly, I think it's the, um, is it the Chang Rai? Chang Rai. Yeah, yeah, Chiang Rai United have come out and done media interviews. Um, There have been Thai fans in the stands holding up um, Save Hakeem signs and pictures of him. And this is in a country where it's really, really difficult to actually um, come out and be a political dissident and and have your say. So this is quite brave from from my perspective. Absolutely. From what we understand, they they try to suppress their, um, their, you know, their voice and they haven't. And... um, the more people have tried to suppress, I mean, uh, uh, human rights groups in Thailand have now come out yep. in support of, of uh, sending Hakim back to Australia. 
Um, not many people that ha- haven't come out against not sending him back to Australia. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's amazing the support we received. I mean, if you, if you had a look at uh, in the um, the 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 UK Parliament, uh, Doctor Rowan. I saw she, that. Yeah, she, yeah. She's she's given her. Uh, she's mentioned that Paul Scriven is another one. Lord Paul Scriven. He's been on it from day one. You know, uh, when Craig. At the court case, there was 14 countries represented there. The UN was there. So everyone knows the right thing to do is to send Hakim back to Australia. It's it's, it's just a very simple equation. However, um, uh, people there's a couple of people at the top that are not allowing this to happen. And it's, it's really, it's, and for me, I found this, um, you know, we all live in our day-to-day lives, get up, go to work, pay our bills, run our family, get up, go to work, pay our bills. Obviously, throw the soccer club in for me, football club. <laughs> but but um, we do all these things. And you start, you forget a little bit about, you know, about life and uh, family values and core values. And oh, it's been quite liberating for me to see, you know, for the, my soul to see what's actually happening here and to be able to contribute to human rights um, the way we are. And I, I'm really proud of my club because my club, could have easily have uh, sort of just done one tweet or so, but we're right on this and we've we've invested our whole self into it and um, and we just want to give Hakim a fighting chance to come back because not just Hakim the Pasco LFC player, it's a, Hakim the refugee that uh, fled, came to a country, country has given him asylum through the process that they went through to give him asylum. Um, he's a protected. He's a protected visa. He's integrated in Australian life. He doesn't want to be a Bahrain anymore. Wants to be an Australian. Um, and I think for me, that is the bigger, broader issue here. You know, and um, and it's amazing the amount of errors that have happened with this whole situation. You know, from the red notice being issued. Absolutely. Well, to... that was that was one thing I was really keen to ask you about. Is I mean, a lot of people are obviously talking about the role of Bahrain and the role of Thailand, but we really need to be talking about the role of Australia too. So not only was that red notice issued in appalling circumstances, it should never have been issued. But mm. the the Australian government is now denying that that happened. I don't know if you've seen those latest reports yeah. this morning. Yeah. And the other thing. Thing that the Australian government could do is expedite his citizenship. That would help enormously. And there's been well, such little progress on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sure of, uh, you know, if the regulations in regards to, you know, his citizenship, his citizenship getting um, expedited. I hope that's the case because then they're holding an Australian citizen and then there's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a different conversation. However... For me, the red notice was was uh, was raised by Bahrain. The Australian government did their job. The, the Australian Federal Police did their job by alerting Thailand that he was travelling there. What they didn't do is they checked that he was a refugee. And they've come out and admitted that. And they've also come out and admitted that they're putting in processes to, to, to rectify that. So hopefully that it never, ever, ever happens again. But it would have been great if they knew that before or they checked that before because stage one we wouldn't have got past stage one, you know. And a lot of people have had a simple view of, and it's easy to say, why did Hakim travel to Thailand, you know? Well, that's what he did. He, I mean, that's what he did. He he was given assurances that it's okay. Him and his wife wanted to go there. They've been around Australia. Him and his wife wanted to go there for their honeymoon. Um, and um, he was told he's protected, but we found out that he's not protected. And that's it's, it's frightening for anybody. 
Yeah, yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, uh, and yeah, and look, one other thing I, I wanted to, to ask you about too, thing that something that I'm very frustrated about. So a uh, week or so ago, we had Craig Foster going over to Zurich to meet with um, with FIFA, to meet with other governing mm. bodies, and one of the things... He, 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 he had a, and I must say this, Craig Foster um, hadn't had a meeting organised with FIFA. He just said, I'm getting on a plane yes. and I'm going to FIFA <laughs> and I'm going to knock on the door and if you don't open the door for me, I'm going to do a press conference in front of FIFA house and I'll get that all sorted and then I'll tell the whole world that you're not talking to me about human rights. So he, so can you, the crusade that this guy has taken um, is unbelievable. But anyway, sorry to cut you in. No, track, no, no, people, no. Look, people need to know that because he's fearless. This guy is fearless. It's probably, you know, cost him a few things in his life, you know, in his political career or whatever he wants to do with his his career, you know, because he, he says what he feels. But I think at the moment our game, football need someone like that Look, and I, absolutely I think our agree. country needs something like that because we need to show that we are we are australians we need to show and ah, this might sound a bit over the top but it's a fact that we are australians we're not just a small country we're a big country we're a great country you know and we need to know we, we do things right and we need to tell the world we do things right we need to demand that people do things right you know well, I mean, and and again, there's there's certainly not a lot of that going on higher up. And Craig Foster has been one of the few voices who has really put that out there. Um, Lucy Zelich accepted her um, sports media award the other night, and in her speech, she said that she's quite convinced that she doesn't think the world or even most of this country would know the name Hakim al if it wasn't mm. for Craig Foster. And I think that is absolutely true. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. hundred percent. But look, and her speech was pretty raw, wasn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. Look, both, both <laughs> her and Craig, you, you just, you just couldn't get a, a better duo for an, for an off the cuff speech. Could you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Look, and I, I mean, People would know that too from from watching um, Craig uh, talk to the media after he'd been at Zurich, uh, talking to the media as well after he visited Hakeem in in prison in Bangkok. Um, I mean, one thing I, I wanted to ask you is when Craig went to Zurich, and I actually hadn't appreciated that he um, basically just knocked on their door and said, "You got to let me in." I, I did think it was probably a bit more formal than that, but now that I think about it, I'm not at all surprised um, knowing nah. what I know about Craig Foster. Nah. But one of the things that they raised at at the Zurich meeting was the possibility of sanctions, and it yep. really hasn't escalated to that point, and I think it needs nah. to. Well. You know, when when the Australian Congress, you know, they wanted to expand the Australian Congress here. I don't know if you know, but FFA I, they thought I it was a very do, narrow. Yeah. They thought it was a very narrow Congress, and and so, so for our listeners, the, Congress, the FFA is the Football Federation Australia. Federation Australia. Sorry about that. No, no, no. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> and and uh, they, um, you know, want to expand our Congress. So FIFA sent a delegate here. They sent a, a committee, a normalising committee. They wanted to, you know, that if we didn't if we didn't adjust to it and um, they would they would sanction the, the game and and we're not competing so they, they, you know that came out quite quite frequently and you know it was discussed and talked about um, you know uh, quite openly within the football circles that's because we're a country where you can say things like that but it seems to be that money and power 
I mean, I can't understand why um, there wouldn't be a, you know, someone from FIFA. I, I need to, for me, I need to understand why someone from FIFA wouldn't come out and say, listen, if Thailand doesn't pull their pull their uh, rein in with human rights, we know that the Prime Minister of Thailand has got the executive authority to send her Kim back. We know her Kim's a a, a um, a refugee recognised under one of our members, federate, federate under one of our member countries' um, laws and rules, and went through an extensive process. We know that Bahrain hasn't um, re- requested for four years his extradition from um, Australia. Yeah, we know all these things. If we don't get this right, we will threaten sanctions. We will put in sanctions. If I, I'm not sure. I need to understand why because I'm I'm a, not a politician. I'm a bit like Craig Foster. I'm sort of um, I'm accused for being a bit sort of straight and direct. However, I need to you know that's something I think that's a question that Craig Foster is asking. And let's not forget we've got a gentleman called Brendan Schwab, um, yes. who is the who's um, right up there at FIFA Pro, a lawyer, a sports lawyer. I think they've underestimated um, what we've got in our locker, you know, and uh, Brendan Schwab's an unbelievable person. And then we've got... So you know, Brendan, Brendan Schwab is the um, professional uh, footballers association. Yeah, FIFA rep. Pro, yeah. yeah. World, world, world players. Um, yeah, so he's, he's another one. And we've just got the PFA, the Professional Footballers Australia, the Players Union has been unbelievable. Um in, in their support of Hakim, and I'll I'll give you some examples of what they've done. Um, they've come in and, and helped out with the rent, you know, for his wife, oh. um, who is here on her own at yeah. twenty-two uh, years old. Um, on her own, um, she came here to be with Hakim, um, so she's obviously scared for her life, um, her family's life, actually. So, FIFA, you know, uh, the PFA have helped out with that. They're helping out with electricity bills. We're, we're helping out as much as we can as a club. Um, you know, we've raised, there's a, there's a My Cause, um, I think, well, there's a page on the, on the PFA's website where we've created a, um, a funding page. The FFA have now come on board and have dumped $10,000 into that into that cause, you know, the uh, Football Federation Victoria, so our local federation here, Football Victoria, led by, you know, Kim Montalador as their president and their CEO, uh, Peter Philopoulos, who's been unbelievable, have dumped uh, another $5,000 um, into, the into you know, helping Kim with his legal fees and, and you know, and the, and the broader communities, you know. So this page has almost hit $30,000 of funding. But what my point is here is that because of Kim being a footballer, and because, you know, our club plays at the highest level in Victoria and just one under the A-League, and we've managed to connect and Craig Foss has picked this up. Hakeem's been very lucky. But talking to a few of his fellow Bahrainis here, they don't feel they would have been that lucky. Yeah. They feel they were already back in Bahrain. So this is the level we're talking at. And, and I have to be honest, I haven't had much to do with refugees. You know, my parents came from overseas. My, my, my grandfather... Um, you know, through the communist era. You know, and they don't talk badly about it. Funnily enough, these people, I'm not sure why, but, you know, he went missing, you know, and uh, my dad never grew up with a dad. So I'm starting to learn all these things. And to be honest with you, it's put me onto the onto the, onto the train of, of refugees and rights and what have you. Because I think what happens, we go to about day-to-day life and we live in a pretty good country, you know, and we have definitely have got what they call first world problems here. Um but you know, it's it's just there's bigger there's a bigger 
there's a bigger world out there, and it's like I said, uh, we're we're taking up this fight, and we need everybody to hop on it, to save a Kim campaign, to make sure that this never happens again, to make sure that Hakim comes back, and to make sure that refugees are protected as per international law. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I agree that um, Pascovale FC, if, if anyone is not following the Pascovale FC Facebook page, you absolutely should because I have never seen a football-based club just jump so hard into defending one of their players. And yeah. almost overnight, everyone sort of had to become you know, up to date with international law and Australian processes and, you know, all these things that, um, you know, a couple of months ago, no one, no one from the club or, you know, very few people from the club probably would have even had had on their minds. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I'm learning very quickly. Yeah. Someone once said to me, sorry to cut you off. I was driving home with my family one night. My phone was ticking. I was getting text messages. And my wife goes, mate, this phone, is it ever going to stop? You know, it was nine o'clock at night. I was with my family. Is this phone ever going to stop? And it, that was the first um, first time it come through. As I'd come through, as I'd gotten home, I got a phone call from the ABC. And ABC saying, oh, hello, Lou, it's me from the ABC. Just want to talk to you about Hakim Al-Arabi. I said, Hakim Al-Arabi, he was at training on Monday. What do you mean <laughs> you have to talk to him? I didn't even know he was going away because that's a, that's a coach's job. Yeah. You know? I said, he was at training on Monday. So I... I said, let me call you back. And I hung up and um, I answered the call. And Hakim was, um, I rang up the coach and said, where's Hakim? He goes, can you believe what's just happened? I said, where's Hakim? He goes, oh, he's gone, to, he's gone to Thailand for a week. He's back next Wednesday, the training. I said, oh, no. I told him what happened. Got back on the phone to the ABC. He's ringing me back. Didn't know what to say. Yeah. Fast forward two months, I feel like I know a lot about international law and, and yeah. Uh, refugee rights you know yeah look absolutely and and this is this is you know and one of the really amazing things like this is a refugee campaign that is not being led by refugee rights activists it's being led by a by a football community and by you know a football family um it's been it's been really wonderful to watch and like i said i've i've been uh you know a a football fan for ever since i was knee high to a grasshopper you know growing up and listening to les murray on on sbs and um watching the football with my dad yeah as 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 we do exactly exactly so this idea that um somehow it's separate well it's it's not really true especially in australia and like you said um hakeem's not the only refugee and if you start scratching um beneath the surface you yeah look you you really do find out um the hardships that people have faced to get here and the threats that they can still be under if their protections aren't upheld yeah. um sport has a big role to play in the community you know yeah. and Hakim he's not an a-league player he's not a real madrid juventus player but he did have that he has got that family behind him now yeah. and sport and as you've seen over the years um sport has had an opportunity to make some big statements, you know. They say, you know, there shouldn't be politics in sport, but unfortunately politics, sport doesn't survive without politics, you know, and that's that's the problem with it all. Yeah, look, I, I, had, a, I had another question for you about the, the FFA. Yeah. So um, in terms of sanctions, so the FFA recently announced they were cancelling their Ollie Roos training camp in Thailand. Yeah. And I think yeah. so far this has actually probably been the first sort of concrete steps towards sanctions. Have, yeah. have FFA stated that they plan on any further 
type of pressure well, or, or anything like the, that? The, the FFA, unfortunately, well, they, I think cancelling a, a trip, an Oliver's trip to Thailand uh, is a big statement. I mean, the FFA have been on this from day one, but they've they are taking an approach um, of doing this quietly um, behind the scenes. However, they've um, there's a few sensitive issues there. You know, they are part. You know, their member federation is the AFC. Sheikh yeah. Salman is the head of the AFC. There's the AFC, AFC Congress coming up. Maybe you know people are seeking uh, board elections there. Um, so it's a real um, political um, vacuum, so to speak. And, yeah. And um, but the FFA has now fully got on board. They did the Safer Kim um, campaign last week. Every before every game, all the players got together, united for Safer Kim. It was a banner for every game. They've donated ten thousand dollars. They've cancelled. The um, the Thai um, and this is not a reflection on the Thai people because the Thai people are beautiful people. I think this is a reflection more on their government. Yeah, you know? look, absolutely. Um, so I need to put that out there, um, but because uh, they've taken you know they, they they've taken offence to this a lot of the Thai people. You know, there's been a billion tweets on Safer Kim. It's pretty good. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, look, that, that, that started it started local. It's gone global. You yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. That's what we're um, and so I mean, yeah, the FFA have really have really started to step up, you know. And even last night, Western Sydney Wanderers they've got a one of their corporate sponsors, the Thai Airways, and they've pulled it down. In support yeah, I know. Of, I saw that of this human morning. Human rights and 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 football and the football family for forever. We've 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 missed the boat on a lot of things. The football family, you're probably a tragic like me, and we've we've forever been frustrated with our game, you know, because but I think this has demonstrated how big our game can actually be, how you not once our game unites, what we can actually do. And speaking of this you know, the, the suits, so to speak, at at, at football at, at, you know, in the football uh, administrators, I don't think they've ever seen something that's united the game like this has. So this um, Safe Hakim campaign has um, tell you what it's done a lot of, a lot of uh, it's it's pulled a lot of people together and it's and and it, it, once we get Hakim back we need to build on this too you know that's that's a fantastic thing to probably finish on actually because um, because when Hakim comes back we can't we can't let this groundswell go to waste because as you say there are other people out there who who need protecting and who need their rights upheld and we absolutely I 100% agree need to make sure that this doesn't happen again it should not no. be so easy for someone to lose their protections in the way that has happened to Hakim so what yep. a what a wonderful note to finish on look Lou thank you so very much for joining us today thank you for your time best of luck with the campaign we'll post yep. a link to the Pasco Vale Facebook page as well as to the crowd funds are on the refugee radio website and yep. look take care all the best we're we're with you all the way in solidarity from us here at 3cr's refugee radio thank you thank you very much take it easy thanks lou to take us out we'll hear from the vocal stylings of vaudeville smash featuring les murray the very very well-known sbs football commentator who's featured throughout this song this is zinedine zidane in 1972, under a scorching June sun in the French coastal town of...